and welcome to the Light Plus podcast from Lighthouse. My name's Eva Rosen and I'm the curator in residence at Lighthouse between January and July 2019. This series of Light Plus is part of a programme of projects and events called Who's Doing the Washing Up and Where's the Sink? I'll be talking to artists, users, workers and collaborators whom I've been working with about the role of hospitality in arts organisations and specifically at Lighthouse. Today's podcast is with artists Andrea Franca and Jordi Ferrero. This is happening at the end of Jordi's week-long residency at Lighthouse. Jordi is a Spanish artist based in Barcelona and Andrea is a Peruvian artist now based in London. So at times the conversation today might move into Spanish but they'll also translate into English. This is an experiment in making space in a podcast for different languages beyond just English. So stick with us and we'll see how it goes. So we're in the studio with Jordi Ferrero. Hola. And Andrea Franke. Hi. And I brought you both together to do the podcast today because I've known you both for a while and you both work as artists in organisations looking at and thinking about how they're organised, the programmes that they do and the infrastructure that makes it all possible. And Jordi, you've just finished a week-long residency with us at Lighthouse, mm. inviting different people in to share perspectives on what it means for an organisation to be open. And Andrea, you're currently working on an evaluation framework at Gasworks in London for participatory residencies and that's part of your collaboration with Ross Jardine called Future of the Left. So I wanted to bring you both together to talk a bit about your shared interests and practices working in different organisations and intervening into how they work and because you're both Spanish speakers and most of the time working in this international grant that I'm part of and your residency is part of Geordie called Reimagine Europe is done in English and that's the sort of standard language that we all are encouraged to use. So I want you to use the podcast today to start in English but you are also going to see how it goes in Spanish and then translating back and trying to give a bit of space for recognizing those different languages beyond just standard English. So George is so exciting to be here because I've been following your collaboration with Eva, what you guys have done did in Barcelona, what you then did in Bergen and then I saw you just last week before this whole week happened. So it's just I'm just excited to hear what actually happened. Pues yo estoy más excited aún de poder compartir este podcast contigo porque me gusta muchísimo tu trabajo y me inspira mucho. Así que es una oportunidad muy guay de poder estar los tres aquí, las tres aquí juntas y compartir todas estas experiencias y sobre todo de poder hacerlo en castellano, que llevo toda la semana hablando en inglés y no puedo más. Y también me parece que es muy interesante que si estamos hablando de reimaginar las instituciones podamos hacerlo en otros idiomas, ¿no? También me gustaría hacerlo en catalán, pero no sé si entiendes mucho catalán. Me falta el catalán. Um, <laughs> so, what George was saying is that it's a bit embarrassing to translate because he's saying he likes my work, I like his work as well. So, that it's so nice to, to be here, the three of us together, but it's also the opportunity to be able to express himself in, in Spanish after spending a week in English. And we were talking about this before coming on. What does it mean? like the effort we have to put when we are not people that think in English and like spend so much time mm. having to express ourselves and understand each other in a language that is not our first. So, But and to me, it's quite exciting because I actually think in English everything that relates to my art practice. So this is going to be like a different sort of effort for me because I never think mm. art in Spanish. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I would love to hear what happened. 
Eh, la verdad es que esta semana ha sido bastante intensa y hay muchas ideas que giran alrededor del proyecto, ¿no? Pero si tengo que empezar a explicarlo de alguna manera, creo que la, la manera más interesante sería ver las diferencias que hay en mi contexto con el contexto de Brighton o de Reino Unido en general. Y lo que más me llamó la atención de este contexto es la idea de tener siempre las puertas cerradas, cosa que en mi contexto no sucede tanto, por toda una serie de normativas, seguros, eh, cuestiones de riesgo contra incendios, etcétera que hace de alguna manera que las puertas siempre estén cerradas y haya un bastante obsesión en el hecho de tenerlas cerradas siempre. What George was talking about was that how this was a really intense week full of like different ideas, but then may maybe a good place to start is to start with the difference between the different contexts in which these projects happen from from Barcelona where his practice usually is and one of the things that caught his attention was the fact that here the lighthouse doors have to be closed all the time because of like different demands. So insurance and, and health and safety, fire hazards and things like that. And that's something that, that was very different from his experience. And he, for him, it was like encountering this obsession. Like what does it mean, this obsession of having closed doors all the time, especially I guess in a project that is about openness, right? So like physically you already have like a infrastructural issue there. Cuando yo trabajaba en el Centro de Arte Fabra y Coats en Barcelona, una de las cosas que, que aprendí en esos dos años de experiencia es que las instituciones que tienen la puerta cerrada de alguna manera están dando la espalda a la ciudadanía con la que tienen que trabajar. Y esa era una de mis obsesiones todo, todo el tiempo cuando estuve trabajando allí y siempre intentaba que las puertas estuvieran abiertas. Entonces llegar a una institución como por ejemplo The Lighthouse, donde las puertas están cerradas y es poco reconocible la institución en sí porque no, no todo el mundo conoce esa institución o no tiene la apariencia de un white cube o no tiene la apariencia de un museo, generaba una serie como de contradicciones y de conflictos que me parecían muy interesantes abordarlas desde la práctica artística. So, when Jordi used to work at the Centro de Arte Fabriqueo, Fabricoat. Fabricoat, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super complicated. It's even longer, but I, I did it in a short way. But he was saying he, he learned during his time there that having the doors closed really has like a, not only a practical, but also like a symbolic effect. So I love this that you said that it's mm -hmm. like an institution giving its back to its constituency mm -hmm. in a sense. So like giving its, its back to the people that are supposed to, to be its community. And that from that you have kind of embracing your practice this kind of awareness of open doors and again I guess like practically and symbolically and in the lighthouse especially which is an institution that for many reasons can be quite invisible because it's not necessarily well known and it doesn't look like a white cube so maybe it's not the architecture is not recognizable as an as an open art center institution then that kind of creates a lot of contradictions or things that you wanted to to explore this week and, and through an artistic practice which is also Think is really interesting, like how to solve it. Una práctica artística y también una práctica de mediación, que son las dos cosas como que de alguna manera se retroalimentan en mi práctica. O sea, por un lado, pues esa mentalidad más de, de lo que tienen que ser las artes visuales o de una práctica conceptual, y luego desde una parte de, de educación o de mediación que intenta como generar esos lazos con la ciudadanía. Entonces, después de la primera semana que estuvimos juntos, Eva y yo aquí, Empecé a obsesionarme por esta idea de, de las cuñas o de los, de los sujetapuertas, que son esos elementos o esos dispositivos que se usan aquí constantemente para sujetar las puertas, apuntalar las puertas y que no se puedan abrir o no se puedan cerrar las dos cosas. Entonces empecé como a hacer una especie de investigación 
eh, personal, pero también en mi Instagram, de eh, museos que usaban esos, esos sujetapuertas para hacer que las puertas estuvieran abiertas o cerradas. Entonces empecé toda esta documentación y a reflexionar sobre, sobre ese dispositivo, porque pese a ser un objeto mmm, bastante invisible o sin valor, es una metáfora para mí perfecta para hablar de, del trabajo en museos. De alguna manera, todas aquellas que estamos trabajando en instituciones culturales somos esa cuña o somos esa sujeta puerta que evita que las puertas se cierren, ¿no? Eh, Jana Graham hablaría de parásitos institucionales en este punto, ¿no? Pero me gusta esa idea como que nosotras somos los, las que sujetamos las puertas y abriendo la puerta eh, generamos esos vínculos con otras instituciones, con la ciudadanía o dejamos que sucedan las cosas. Si las puertas están cerradas, nunca sucederán. There's so many things here that yeah, I want to ask more. No, no, but um, so George was talking about how this is part of his was an artistic way of thinking about it, but it's also from like a mediation perspective. So that's something that I'm quite interested in your practice, and I think I'm also interested in like the different context of working in Spain because I think in Britain, maybe like in the maybe not definitely in the U.S., there's sometimes like a very way of thinking that tends to be sort of provincial. That is that we all exist in a, the art world is equal everywhere and I think there's things like the categories of mediation and art education that work actually quite different in each of these contexts. So that's something that I'm always been interested in. And George was talking about how yeah there's this connection in his practice between the visual arts and the conceptual arts and then art education that for you is quite specifically related to mediation, which is quite specifically related to citizenship, which I think is also not a connection that is there for everybody. I personally think is the best way to think about art education is that mm. this, this Connection between yeah, citizenship, not not even citizenship, but like actually the people that exist around the institution, hmm. be like children, adults, like any, or even the inhabitants of the institution. Yes, so every kind of human body that is kind of related to that institution, and then we're talking about the doorstops. You were talking about wedges and doorstops, and use the word dispositivo, which I guess you could translate as you wouldn't, but philosophically you can translate as dispositive. People use in like critical theory to talk about these objects that make things happen, hmm. which is really, is really nice. And, and it's also that it is used to keep doors open or closed, which I hadn't thought about. The idea that the wedges are also used to, to keep people outside, I guess. And Georgia has been doing this investigation in different institutions that use doorstops. And I think you can check it on Instagram. And then to use this object as a metaphor of what working museums are, which I think is really beautiful. So The idea that the people that work in museums are the people that are the actual bodies that keeps those doors open or keep the doors closed. And what does it mean to not only open the doors, but make sure that those doors then remain open? And what also, I guess, are the work that we do sometimes without realizing that force those doors close and don't let people open those doors as well. Doesn't matter how much we say we want to have those doors open, we can still be doing the work that physically is that tiny bit that is physically stopping the other things other things to happen and how did that manifest it in in the lighthouse like como qué es lo que eso hizo en el día a día del lighthouse eh, de alguna manera esa era la, la premisa conceptual entonces iba y yo lo que estuvimos haciendo las primeras semanas que trabajamos juntas era entender el espacio porque no es un espacio fácil el edificio de the lighthouse era una antigua imprenta 
con lo cual tiene muchas especificaciones porque muchas habitaciones estaban construidas a medida de las máquinas que contenían. O sea que es un espacio un poco raro. So Gigi was saying that he and Eva spent quite a few weeks talking about it and trying to understand the space of the lighthouse, which used to be printing facilities, to so have like host printing facilities. So it's quite a difficult space. And I guess it's not a space that is made conceptually for people as well in its origins. Y lo que quería añadir es que el, eso hace también que los espacios expositivos o la idea de recibir al público sea un poco antiinstitucional en el sentido de que no hay un main hall que, en el que pueda entrar la gente o grupos escolares o, o grupos de visitantes. El espacio expositivo, digamos que es ese espacio. Entonces es un espacio muy complejo. It doesn't really have a space that is necessarily thought for exhibitions or like hosting public. So because it is like none, it doesn't doesn't have a space thought as an art institution. So it doesn't have a main hall. It doesn't have a space to accommodate groups of students. And I think we we were here. It's my first time at the lighthouse, and we just went there a few moments ago. And it's just really interesting because you arrive and you're already in this kind of public space. It feels where like things are supposed to be happening, and it's like. Even for me, like I'm comfortable in art spaces, and it's a bit like, whoa, mm. what am I supposed to be doing now that I'm behaving? Yeah, yeah it's further. So it was interesting because eh, Eva conoce muy bien cómo trabajar conmigo, entonces eh, sabe que mi práctica es muy site specific, y entonces la residencia de alguna manera las primeras semanas fue conocer el contexto de Brighton y la gente que trabaja alrededor y qué otros espacios culturales o iniciativas más independientes existen en el contexto. So, because I guess yeah, you've been working with Eva for for quite a long time now. She understands how site specific your practice is and uh, you needed some time to kind of like know the people and the institutions and also I guess DIY spaces or mm. like grassroots organizations which yeah. is also Very nice because I don't think necessarily everybody would think that knowing a context is knowing those those spaces and those groups and those those mm. yeah people. There's like a lot of choice there about the things mm. or the people that I've heard that you guys got in touch with. Pero es muy interesante en este contexto porque esos espacios más independientes realmente están haciendo un trabajo institucional. Son prácticamente instituciones. Están generando cultura en diferentes barrios de la ciudad de Brighton y acogen colectivos y agentes con los que hacen un trabajo desde hace muchos años, cosa que me parece muy sorprendente porque no sé si en mi contexto hay una tradición tan antigua de, esto, de espacios independientes que duren tanto tiempo. So, what George was saying is that it's, it was really interesting and he's not really sure how that compares to Barcelona, but they found that there are many, many of these kind of grassroots organizations or DIY entities or independent spaces in Brighton have been going on for quite a long time and how they've been producing culture like in all these different parts of the of the city and that, that makes Brighton very special. I mean we've been walking around the city now and clearly it's a very special mm. place. Por eso en el contexto de, de este proyecto lo que planteábamos Iba y yo es abrir las puertas a todos estos colectivos y espacios para que de alguna manera el espacio expositivo o el propio lighthouse se convirtiera en un espacio de reunión de todos ellos. So I guess the kind of the conceptual framework of the project then, the way that Jordan Eva thought about it was to really open the doors of the lighthouse to all these kind of collectives and groups so that, that the lighthouse could become a place of meeting for all of them. Y tiene, tiene un, un doble rasero este proyecto porque 
otra de las complejidades que se añade al proyecto es que The Lighthouse tiene toda una serie de espacios que están eh, subarrentados, subalquilados a una serie de tenants, de, de empresas, asociaciones, etcétera, que conviven en el espacio con ellos y ellas. Entonces, por un lado, es una institución artística y a la vez es un espacio que podría ser considerado como una especie pues, de coworking o de espacio de trabajo conjunto entre varias personas. Y eso para mí generaba como dos espacios dentro de uno. Y el hecho o la simple premisa de abrir las puertas de alguna manera hacía que esos dos espacios confluyeran en uno. That's super interesting. So what you were saying is there was another complexity in the space of the lighthouse in the sense that they also rent spaces so they have like tenants which are different business and, and kind of I guess mini institutions in a sense and they also have this communal space of the lighthouse. So you have these two coexisting levels of the institution of the lighthouse and then all these other tenants that also occupy the space of the lighthouse and that meant that by opening the door for these other collectives, it also kind of forced these kind of two identities of the lighthouse to kind of collide together as a way to deal with these new visitants, in a sense, that were like entering this, this space. So it kind of becomes a much more, I guess, interesting negotiation that just being an art institution that is opening its doors, because it already, already had a, a weird, it's not even a collectivity, I guess, but like a, like a group of random people that are already inside that space mm. anyway. Entonces, de alguna manera, la, la conclusión del proyecto o el objetivo del proyecto era, por un lado, trabajar con una eh, carpintería que hay en la esquina de, de, de Lighthouse para que, de alguna manera, darles la comisión de hacer una especie de sujetapuertas y de cuñas para las puertas específicas de The Lighthouse, una especie de dispositivo que fuera diferente al que ellos tienen para, durante una semana, dejar todas las puertas abiertas de la institución, desde la puerta delantera hasta la puerta trasera. Y eh, en esa especie de institución abierta, o de ese simulacro de, de institución abierta, generaron una serie de communal lunch, una serie de, de, de espacios de hospitalidad, en el que a través de la comida reunir toda una serie de gente que son los que están produciendo la cultura en la ciudad de Brighton. Entonces, cada día hemos hecho una comida diferente, en la que han venido pues, todos estos agentes culturales y hemos compartido alrededor del espacio expositivo de The Lighthouse y de la obertura de puertas. Entonces eso ha generado toda una serie de serendipias o de situaciones muy interesantes que ayudan a reimaginar la institución o cómo podría ser la institución del futuro o a generar enlaces entre todos estos espacios que se conocen ya desde hace un tiempo pero quizá no han tenido la oportunidad de encontrarse todos a la vez en una situación. So the project had like two, or the way it kind of be manifested, it was in two ways. So Jordi commissioned these woodworkers who are in the neighborhood to design these door stops or wedges to keep the doors open. So for one week, the idea was to keep all the doors of the institution open. And I think it's something really interesting, like the idea of like commissioning the object. And you were saying like commission a special object. So it's not like any doorstop. There's like a, I'm not a massive fan of the art object. But I'm quite fascinated about when the art object is the is this object that has the potential of it's, it's almost a like a magical one. thing. It's an object. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's a thing of doing this with this object that is quite a special object that mm. is produced in the community as well and is foreign object that is doing an action that is I guess foreign inside the institution. I love this idea of the simulacrum of the open institution. So the mm. idea that also as you are doing, you know that you're creating a representation of 
of course of what it could be but it's not the thing itself in mm. a sense but it's just like making the potential visible and then the other side of the project were these communal lunches so this idea of hospitality that get the people that are producing culture in brighton to meet around food around different different food each time over this week to have a conversation just be mm. together in the same space and allow things to happen so also this idea of like not describing like we're meeting to you know very specific aims but just getting all of these people together in one space sharing food and having conversations and allowing things that happen because even though as you were saying like some of these people already knew each other or know of each other it's such a different thing to actually be bodies next to each other and exchanging food and mm. and so many things happen there that you cannot really predict. Mm. Estoy seguro que Eva ya lo ha explicado antes, pero es curioso que muchos de estos tenants que estaban en The Lighthouse nunca habían hablado entre ellas y ellos. Eh, se encontraban diariamente en la cocina, pero nunca habían tenido como un espacio para conversar y simplemente pues hablar de lo que hacen. Ha sido a través de abrir las puertas y de generar estas, estas comidas que han tenido la oportunidad de hablar entre ellos, cosa que me parece muy paradójica y me devuelve otra vez a la idea de que te comentaba de Fabra y Coats, ¿no? El hecho de tener las puertas cerradas evita la conexión entre las personas, ¿no? George was saying that maybe Eva had mentioned this before, but quite a few of the tenants they actually never had uh, properly met or like had time and space to talk among themselves, and kind of this could happen through the lunches and through open doors and having these people from the outside coming in and. And it goes again to your experience before of like how, yeah, having closed doors have a, a lot of impacts that maybe we're not aware of. That just having this space, you arrive and, and you have your space and your door is closed and everybody has closed doors and you don't have a space or a time in the day to kind of like all meet. It's very easy to kind of share a mm. building with lots of people and never actually have any connection or conversation. Mm. Uh, and that those are like infrastructural because once you have the door wedges, You basically you have to say hi to everybody, I guess, when yeah. you're going down the mm. corridor. <laughs> you were saying before there's all these kind of fire hazards and all these different reasons why those doors are closed as well. Like, how do you negotiate that, and do you think that's going to change? Bueno, primero es he de decir que fue bastante sencillo porque el equipo de The Lighthouse es un equipo que realmente eh, aprecia mucho el edificio y sabe trabajar con artistas. Y realmente ellos y ellas también quieren empujar ese cambio. Así que fue sencilla la negociación. Y fue muy curioso ayer como anécdota, pero yo creo que resume bastante bien el, el proyecto. Muchos de los tenants se encontraron en la parte de atrás del edificio, en la, en la, en la puerta de, de atrás. Eh, y eh, se pusieron a fumar un cigarrillo y se pusieron a hablar. Y hablaban con la técnica del edificio, con Emma de The Lighthouse, de, wow, esto quizá debería ser así siempre, ¿no? Como tener las puertas abiertas. El edificio es muy diferente con todas las puertas del, del pasillo eh, abiertas y un espacio mucho más diáfano y un espacio mucho más amable, ¿no? O incluso la gente que vino a los lanches, como que no entendían qué espacio se encontraba. Decían, ah, esto es The Lighthouse. Nunca había estado aquí, ¿no? Como que siempre habían estado en el inicio, pero no en la parte de atrás. Y entonces se entendía mucho mejor el edificio y todas las, las dinámicas que suceden allí. So, first, George was saying that it was easy, in a way, because the Lighthouse team was so helpful and they know how to work with artists, but also that they became quite invested hmm. in the whole process, which I think it's really amazing. It's always really nice when you can 
do this thing where you know you're not the artist that is coming and is changing mm. everybody's lives and is saying like you should be enjoying this or you should be living yeah. like this but you're actually working with with the organization and they kind of enjoying and then embracing the politics of, of what you're doing and i know that's hard so i'm just saying this yeah. because but also, also it's important for me as an artist to work in this way like in collaboration with them i don't want to be intrusive or violent i can see that like as an ethical idea in in all your work which i think is super important And then uh, George was telling this anecdote that yesterday all the tenants were like having this conversation in the back of the lighthouse with Emma, head of operation of the lighthouse that George was saying was super helpful and, mm. and co-invested. And the, and the tenants were talking about, you know, how can we do it to have it always like this? Because it did change the space and it became like a kinder space uh, and a more welcoming space. And uh, there was also this experience of the visitors that came to the building and were finally you know, allowed to go beyond that first room, I guess, and kind of like understanding the whole building. So suddenly it's like this institution that I guess was only partial, so certain people could only access certain spaces, then became a whole institution mm. that everybody could access. It. And I guess to access also to even to be able to imagine it, right? Just to be able to know what happened in these rooms is part of access. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, because you both collaborate very closely. Absolutely. So I think maybe I wanted to know a little bit more about the lunches, because I feel like you've been in Brighton now for six months doing this project. So there's a lot of you as well. And like, who are the people who came in? And also, who are the people who prepare the food, which I think is such a Ivarasan thing to think about. That <laughs> it's, not only, <laughs> it's not only that you had lunches, that you, you thought about this in like many different levels. Yeah, I guess I do think about this as a collaboration with Geordie and I think we've worked in this way now a few times where you're the invited artist and I'm working inside the institution. So we kind of have this double act of you being able to bring in a perspective or something that you want to try out and I'm the one working with the team there to see how we can make it happen and also how it's kind of fits into what's already there and what's existing and when I first started at Lighthouse I think it was when you first came Geordie in April and as a way to introduce you to the rest of the building and talking to lots of the tenants and like I do in my usual way just going and saying hi to everyone and <laughs> getting to know them all and yeah and a lot of people said that the kitchen at Lighthouse which is tiny there's nowhere to sit but it's the only place to make tea and coffee is where most of the people in the building got to know each other and would have conversations while they were making toast or tea so we organized the first lunch as a way for everybody in the building to meet you and the other artists at that time but also to meet each other and to use the budget to not just yeah get everybody to make food or Or go to a supermarket but to think about other collectives in Brighton who are using food as a way to either support themselves or meet other people a lot of the cooking collectives that I was coming across were using Brighton and Hove Community Kitchen as a way to connect to other people in the city a lot of the groups were working with women who were new to the city who were trying to kind of find a way to integrate into Brighton and meet other women that had come here recently whether it was because of their partners or work or having to seek asylum here and so starting lunches once a month was a way just to get everybody into the building to know each other and then when we were thinking about how to structure this week it felt right to kind of continue that format for a few reasons but the main one I guess was recognizing that so many events which are talking about 
reimagining institutions or keeping institutions open happen outside of sort of normal working hours, which means the workers can't come to them because they've already worked a full day and they have other commitments at home to go to. So it was using the format of the lunch as a like a working time, which tenants and lighthouse team could also join. And so we invited three speakers who could all offer different perspectives on what the idea of being open an institution could be. So Ben Messi from South London Gallery talked about his role working inside an organisation and how the language that you use in job adverts or the way the budget is constructed instantly opens or closes doors for certain people depending on what experience is needed for a job or how much someone is going to get paid. And then four young women from Lighthouse's mentorship programme Viral, Chanel, Segal, Boudicca and Lara, all spoke about their experience as young people working inside Lighthouse and thought of short-term project funding so they talked about how actually something that could open up opportunities for them long-term like skills of knowing how to construct a budget or write a contract of what would be a really useful way for those projects to kind of continue long-term and then finally we invited Jamila Prouse and Namrita Dalu to talk about how their experiences working as young women of colour in almost all white organisations, how they try to kind of use their role as curators to hold space for them, but also the artists that they're working with and how to care for each other. And I wanted to keep inviting the collectors in the city, so Brighton Cauldron, the Lalibella Ethiopian Kitchen and Lorato Foods, because yeah, they're also kind of using their space and using their ways of cooking together through workshops or meetings to provide a kind of way to to get to know each other and to talk to each other and support each other through cooking and to introduce those cooking collectives to other people in Lighthouse who constantly catering and maybe are always going to the same caterers so yeah the food was a really important part of it yeah so the lunches became a way to also support them and what they're doing in the city. So I guess the, the final question as our time ends is like where do you go from here or like what are the things that you think are going to continue or that you wish could mm. continue or what are the things that you're taking from here to like the experience you're taking here somewhere else or where do you see this whole project going? Uf, that's a difficult question. Supongo que de alguna manera lo que ha sucedido esta semana es como un precedente para la institución, como ver las posibilidades, porque muchas veces cuando se plantean estas instituciones no se tiene en cuenta el trabajo site específico, no se sabe exactamente a qué ha de dar respuesta o a, a qué ha de dar servicio a la ciudadanía. Y creo que lo, lo que hemos vivido esta semana ha dado cierta idea a la institución de lo que debe hacer en el futuro. También soy consciente que las instituciones es muy difícil cambiarlas de un día para el otro. O sea, el trabajo de los artistas puede estar máximo tres años en una institución así, pero llega un momento en el que el artista se ha de marchar y la institución vuelve para atrás, de alguna manera se resetea a sí misma. Entonces, creo que de alguna manera lo que hemos hecho es ampliar el imaginario de The Lighthouse para entenderse a sí misma o intentar encontrar su ADN. Eh, creo que The Lighthouse, eh, y esta es mi opinión personal, después de esta semana puede entenderse a sí misma como no simplemente un espacio expositivo o intentar ser una galería, sino abrazar esa, ese propio ADN que ya lleva desde el inicio y ser una especie de oficina artística. O esta idea del coworking, ampliarla y ser una especie de coworking artístico de diferentes asociaciones y colectivos o algo así. Pero 
de alguna manera, como creo que mi objetivo aquí era como generar una situación en la que puedan encontrar su propia voz o su propio ADN. So what Jordi was saying is that this was really important to kind of set or expand the imaginary institution, which I think is really is really interesting. So the idea that the artists come and it can change the institution for a bit, but the institution, I love this idea that it will reset itself when, once the artist leaves. I'm going to try to frame this, but I think this is, I really love this, the idea that, that this work was about the lighthouse finding its own voice or its own, use the term DNA, which I really like. So the idea that these things are things that were already there and you're just trying to help them to understand what they want better. So it's more about them finding themselves. They, they are finding their own relation to those ideas that you, hmm. you both bring and then can carry can carry it over. So I really love this idea of like a psychotherapy. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you came here and kind of help, help the, the institution understand itself better so you can do what you want to do better, which you're already saying, which I, re I really love. I wrote this, this idea of the Oficina Artistica or like that the, there are this co-working space that there are mm. these spaces that have all these different collectives that maybe like business-minded collectives, but that is also part of that this is a space that mm. gathers these collectives that they don't have to I love this idea that rethinking yourself is more like refining who you already are and kind of like bringing a new idea from the outside and kind mm. of like saying you need to change or, or something like that. And I think it also goes back to maybe what you're working on at Gaswitz with the thinking about the evaluation and how can the evaluation of this artist residency commission be then sort of helpful for Lighthouse to continue working with this four-year grant, which is a long grant, and the grant is asking organisations to reimagine themselves, which is a really big job to do, and the pressure of having to sort of show that you're reimagining, often then, like any kind of exam or pressure, it like changes you into a different shape and you start to sort of do things that you don't really believe in, but you're doing it to kind of prove to the grant that you're doing the work. And somehow, yeah, giving some space to have these conversations and to use what's already in the buildings. So the furniture that we use, we just gathered from different places around the building. And, you know, the people that came are kind of people that are already aware of Lighthouse or using Lighthouse. Yeah, to think about it, already doing it through what you have and feeling like that's a way to rethink what you're doing or why, rather than having to kind of create these things, these programs that actually don't really suit what you want to do so trying to find a way now to reflect on what's been shared as yeah you called it and like an advocacy for what the organization is already doing rather than a like defense of what it is trying to do that's what i love like, like this kind of way you talk about it it felt almost like psychoanalysis or psychotherapy mm. because it's even the idea of like reimagining is so weird, like to constantly be reimagining yourself instead of like giving yourself time to understand yourself this happens a lot with me and Jordi, like there's all these ways in which our work connects, but this is very close to what I'm doing at Gasworks with evaluation, because to me, although slowly I'm realizing that not everybody agrees with me on that definition, but evaluation is just time for self-reflection, right? It's like this time to think, what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, What do I actually want to do? And what are the consequences of what, what I'm doing? Having all these questions. And, and in a way, this is another way of having, of having that, like in a way, this this project feels a bit like what I think an evaluation of the lighthouse would be, which is not saying this is a good space, this is a bad space, or you do this badly, you did this, you do this very well. But it's like just creating that space when everybody is part of that 
institution, as you said, like different bodies inside, outside that want to participate or not, uh, can have these conversations together and say, actually, why, why are we here? Like, what do we want? And how can we make this happen? Instead of like, thinking together about this utopian institution that will never happen. In the next podcast, Brighton-based self-organised group Devil's Dyke Network interview artists Anna Bunting Branch and Alia Hussein about their project Potential Worlds on using feminist sci-fi to reflect on collective working and making worlds on their own terms. Thanks so much for listening to this Light Plus podcast. If you want to find out more about this event or who's doing the washing up and where's the sink, then head to lighthouse.org.uk. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us, either on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, as it helps other people to find us too. Who's Doing the Washing Up and Where's the Sink is part of Reimagine Europe, a collaboration between Lighthouse and nine other organisations across Europe, co-funded by the Creative Europe Programme of the European Union.